Football is about the Jimmys and Joes and X's and O's. Blue 58! Blue 58! Check New York Bozo! New York Bozo! 28, Baker Bruce! It's time to get out the chalkboard and diagram some plays. Here's where it all starts right here. Let's play! G-Money Christmas! What the hell's going on out here? This is Inside Football with former Colts and NFL coach Rick Venturi. You know, there's nothing left. Training camp is over. Preseason games are done. The roster is set. College football just had week number one. Upsets everywhere. Now it's on to the NFL and the NFL regular season. And for the Colts, that starts on Sunday against the Houston Texans. Hi, everybody. Welcome inside Inside Football with Rick Venturi. I'm Matt Taylor. And today with Rick, we're previewing the season and busting out the blueprints to beat the Houston Texans in game number one. Rick, I, I heard you in the background smirking there a little bit. I know this means a lot to you, but first let's go back to Labor Day weekend. How was it for you in watching college football where you just chomping at the bit to fast forward a week to get to Colts football? Well, it was really fun between grinder football and college football. Yeah, there you I go. I had a heck of a window, heck of a weekend. Grinders had a win in an overtime. I really enjoyed some of those really big games. It just seems like that the best of college football got better. I mean, you know, the Bamas and the Georgias and the Ohio States yeah. and even Clemson on Monday, it just seems like the best just get better. I don't know how that continues to happen, but it does. But, yeah, it was it was enjoyable. And uh, now we're really on it, and I can honestly tell you I have butterflies. And the reason I have I have butterflies three times a week, I mean three times a year, more butterflies than normal. I always have butterflies, but more than normal. Uh, the opening day of training camp, I'm always just excited and up for that. The opening game, of course, and then when we get into playoffs, playoff football, there's three times a year that – just it gets a little bit more intense. And I think a lot of it is because no matter how much we've watched, how much we've seen it, you know, what the expectations are, there's just so many unknowns when you kick that thing off Sunday in Houston, and that's the nerve-wracking part of it. I can't – I'll never be able to exercise those those coaching demons that live deep within me. <laughs> well, as you said, there's a lot of unknowns, and you can you, you got a plan, no doubt about that, going yeah. into game number one. But until you kick it off, you always have that shadow of a doubt on, is, is this going to work, and how good are we going to be, and all of those things. So, as we said, we're going to get into the blueprints in just a minute. We're going to talk in depth on the Houston Texans game number one. But let's discuss your overall thoughts on this team, the Colts, going into the regular season offense and and defense. But let's go confidence and concerns. Let's start on offense. And obviously it has to start with Matt Ryan. Jonathan Taylor's back. Michael Pittman Jr. looks like he's on pace to catch, you know, 90 to 100 balls. You've got the wild card there of Naeem Hines. And then things that are still to be determined, you've got depth at wide receiver, depth along the offensive line, pass protection in the passing game, where you feel confidence and where you still have some concerns. Well, in the big picture, just one sentence will say it all, is I like this team at the starter level. I think this is a team that can definitely contend. Um, What I really like about it is I don't think that this is a team, when you look out there, that you see many liabilities. I just don't see them. You mentioned something last week that I think should be emphasized. I also like this team because it's so much better at the top of the roster. Mm -hmm. That top 12 guys, 
that really affect the game. I, I, I like us so much more there going in. Uh, obviously, I like our offense uh, because of the sensation, starting with the sensational running back in Jonathan Taylor. You know, everything pivots and can pivot off of Jonathan. He's very, very special. You know, he's arguably the best player in the league, and, you know, we can argue that till the day is long, but he's right in that conversation. He's that good. You also have a real playmaker in Hines. Looking forward to seeing them together some. I think that gives you a little bit of diversity and weaponry. Um, you're exactly right. Pittman is just seems to be inching along and getting better, you know, and better with the day. Uh, obviously, in the preseason and in practice, Matt had great confidence in him. I think Matt gives us um, a chance to be balanced. And I don't mean 50-50, but I think – he gives us a chance to have a passing game that can go from, you know, sideline to sidelines that can be accurate, that the play action can be there, all the things that have to be there that are complementary to Jonathan. But without them, you can't win because what happens is if it's all Jonathan, you end up playing on a postage stamp. You end up playing the game on a condensed field between the numbers. And I think, you know, with um, you know, with Matt, I think we have the ability now to work different spots of the field. You know, I'm really looking forward to our receiver core beyond Pittman. I think that Pierce gives us something outside the numbers. He can he can take a defense deep. He can spread it wide. Same way with the combination of um, of, of Doolin. Uh, basically, I think that Doolin and Campbell can stretch the middle of the field. I think our tight ends are solid receivers. So, I mean, I really think we have the potential to have a real um, real solid uh, complementary uh, run-pass game. Our offensive line, you know, I think is really solid, particularly when it comes to the running game. Uh, I think we have a road-grading left side, and I think we're very strong running the football. I'm a little, I'm a little concerned about the – tight ends in line blocking not so much on the edge but the whams and some things that gave us diversity a little worried there um a little concerned with prior in terms of just some types of speed and agility ability rushers uh i think you might have to help there same way with danny pinter at times if you get a great three technique a buckner type guy you know then there might have to be some help there but that's not totally unusual um but like i said overall overall i think this offense has a chance to be better than last year because i see it as a more diverse offense all right meanwhile then on defense let's do the same thing the colts have a lot more top end talent on that side of the ball now with stefan gilmore Unique in Gawkway. The secondary has a real chance to be incredibly special with Gilmore, with Kenny Moore, Blackman, Nick Cross, who's going to start um, in the preseason. Rick, there were some issues in slowing down direct runs and some depth behind the starters along that defensive line. You've got Eric Johnson, who's in the rotation. So give us you know, your big take on this defense going into Sunday's game week one against the Texans. Well, you know, I think you're right. I think the acquisition and growth of players um, should really be helpful. And I think the defense has a chance to be better. It has to be better primarily in two areas. It has to be better in the fourth quarter. 
Um, no doubt about that. It has to be better in the fourth quarter from that standpoint, you know, and it has to be better in pass percentage against. We have to be able to clamp down and close down that high percentage of people that just walk the ball down the field and then the fourth quarter. I think we've addressed it with two key issues. Ngakwe obviously I think gives us potentially the best edge rusher since Robert Mathis. I think we've really struggled because of that in fourth quarters. When you have to just get after the quarterback, we haven't been able to do that. Uh, Gilmore uh, is, you know, seems to be on top of his game. Uh, he gives us an elite corner uh, on the right side, or if we choose down the road to match him, he did a lot of matchup corner play uh, in his prime with the Patriots. He looks to me to be closer to his prime than even last year right now. I think that's a plus. I think we're really strong in the interior uh, in terms of our starters. I mean, Buckner is a very, you know, he's a, a penetrating three that causes problems. Um, I think Grover Stewart, I've mentioned this a couple times, is playing extremely well. He's probably playing as well to me as any nose tackle in the league. So I think you're strong there. Uh, you know, pay, I just, I haven't quite figured Quiddy out yet. I think if he's healthy, I think he, he will, uh, you know, he will benefit uh, from Ngakwe on the other side, you know, playing more of a power end. Uh, I think the one depth guy that we have that is going to be in the rotation that can, you know, certainly play on third down and, and give us spelling to the defensive ends is Lewis. I've been really impressed with Lewis. Um, I didn't expect him to be as ready coming off that injury as he is. And thank goodness he is, because I don't think we have a lot of depth. Uh, you know, Dio's got to be a combination guy for us, some man, some tackle, and he really has to show it. It's time for him, you know, really to show it in that regard. You know, and then, you know, really after that, it's, um, you know, it's just it's just a lot of guys. I really worry about our interior uh, from that standpoint. You know, I do think, you know, when I look at our overall defense, just some things that I want to make sure that we're good at, I think three things. I think number one, okay, I really want to make sure I have one concern. I haven't sensed that we have done a great job of stopping the run. Now, in preseason games, our backup unit right. has been awful, and that right. kind of defines the lack of depth. And it's not at linebacker. We're we're strong at linebacker. We're fast, and even if we even if we don't have Leonard or we don't have him for full games, we're strong at linebacker. We have three guys that can go in there and play really good. Mm -hmm. uh, but. You know, I didn't. I didn't feel like in practices, even when it appeared that our defense was dominating our offense in some of those padded practices, I haven't felt like we've shown that we're really stopping that run. So that's going to be critical. We can't let Pierce from Houston, for instance, start moving that ball by running the ball and taking pressure off of Mills. We can't. We can't allow that to happen. We got to be really, really strong in stopping the run. You know, I do think we'll need some coverage diversity. Um, I don't see liabilities on defense. I think my only concern is face on the third corner, just simply because you have two really good corners. You have, you know, uh, you, you know, basically with Kenny Moore at the nickel and Gilmore at the match or right corner, you have two elite players. So they're going to work that third corner over. And remember that third corner now is 67% of the game. So, he is a true starter. He plays more football than does your Sam Backer. 
So, you know, just like I say, you might have to help prior at times on offense. I think you might have to help face on. And then the other thing, and I don't, and I hope that we have this fixed. I think it's just critical um, that we get it fixed. And that is our bootleg coverage. Because when you get Mills and then you come back with Lawrence, I did all the Jaguar film yesterday, you know, and then you go with Mahomes and then you go with Tannehill. And most guys in the league today, I mean, and we have shown vulnerabilities and we just can't let those quarterbacks get out on the edge and have easy throws. And what they do, they do it early against us. <clears throat> and when they hit a couple, it really builds the confidence. And we can't, we can't really do that. And so, you know, and in the end, I think, you know, if our defense is going to take that step and mm-hmm. it's going to get better on those two things I talked about, pass percentage against and fourth quarter, to me that is critical. And that's going to take more sticky coverage and more edge pressure. I think Milas, I think Gus has brought juice to the defense. I think Milas has really brought better technique to our secondary. I think we're a better press team than we were a year ago. But those are the key issues. And like I said, just to, to recap it all, I like this team. I think this is a contending team with very few liabilities. But as we know, you know, Sunday comes up and you have to prove right. it. You have to do it all on that field. All right, let's dive into the Houston Texans. All that out of the way. We talked about the Colts. Let's talk about opponent number one, game number one, an AFC South battle right out of the chute. The Texans last year, Rick, were 4-13. and They finished third in the AFC South. Lovey Smith, last year's defensive coordinator, he's now the head coach. They lost nine games by at least ten points, and the Colts outscored them. 62-3 to in two games in those two head-to-head matchups last season. Davis Mills, he's back at quarterback, set a Texans rookie record for passing yards and completed nearly 67% of his passes last year. Brandon Cooks, he's back. He's the number one weapon, the clear number one weapon on offense. He just recorded his sixth straight 1,000-yard season last year. The Texans on defense, they gave up over 26 points per game. They were second to last in the NFL in stopping the run, giving up 142 yards per game. Jonathan Taylor last year in two uh, meetings against Houston ran for 288 yards on the ground. So that's the big picture that I have on uh, the Texans. Rick, what else stands out to you about Houston on your big picture going into this game? Well, I think the first thing is if you're a, if you're a fan who really wants to study it, I would study our first game, not our second. Our second game was a total domination, as you described. It was we had the ball 41 minutes. They were really never in the game from beginning to end. The first game, and you hear, you know, we talk, you and I talk about this a lot. We dominated the scoreboard, but we really didn't dominate the numbers. We got big plays, we got turnovers, and it kind of distorted it because, really, at the end of the day. Um, you know, they, they were pretty close to us in yardage. I think it's like 380 to 340. And you'll see Mills in that game do a lot of good things. Now, he has a couple bad turnovers, but you see some things that he can do and do well. And then I think another game to look at is when they just killed Jacksonville in December. Uh, absolutely destroyed him. Mills had a really, really good game. Cooks had a really good game. Collins had a really good game. And then if you look at him this summer, you know, obviously, and they played a lot. I mean, Lovey played them a lot because he has to get them ready, and you see the improvement in Mills. I I see, personally, a significantly improved team 
that is a dangerous team. And last year's games mean absolutely nothing yeah. to this Sunday. They they mean absolutely nothing. I think the first thing, the reason, the first reason they're going to be improved is that I think Lovey. This is actually Lovey Smith's fourth head job, if you consider the college job. Mm-hmm. He will bring a calmness. He's a real pro, soundness, and professionalism. Remember, he got fired at Chicago at 10-6. and six. Now, how would they like to have that today? But he brings that steadiness, I think, to a dysfunctional franchise. You know, And I think you know, they've made some – You know, they've been a quiet, but I think – have made some real – their draft was exceptional, and they've made some really good moves when you look at it. You know, they brought Hughes in. Hughes brings 58 sacks to their edge to go opposite Greenert, you know, uh, along with along with Green and Addison. They've got four edge guys that will just keep coming, and they'll keep them sound. At the corner, of course, they drafted Stingley really, really high, and they got free agent Nelson. So – they're automatically better there. Petrie, you know, watching him this summer, they're they're talking him as a rookie of the year candidate, and he reminds me so much of Cooks. You know, he basically uh, has that same type of uh, uh, of stuff. You know, that there's no doubt about that. He 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 can play that strong safety. He's a blitzer. He you know he just just outstanding from that standpoint. He reminds me you know, of, of, of our outstanding rookie, to be honest with you. But, uh, you know, when you look at them, those acquisitions, and then they've tried to make their offensive line better. You know, they brought in Can to play the right guard. I still think they're struggling in the interior. But, you know, they have a couple good tackles. Uh, they really do, you know, in Tunsil and Howard. Those are two solid guys. Um and you mentioned it before. I, I've always liked Mills. Uh, you know, I think Mills mm-hmm. is a is a guy that is is growing. One thing that you got to know about Mills is in the last five games of last season, Mills threw for one thousand two hundred fifty eight yards with a hundred and two point four passer rating. He really played well down the stretch. You chronicled it. Um, obviously, uh, Cooks is. Um, you know, he is one of the premier receivers in the game. Um, you know, he's had six 1,000-yard uh, mm-hmm, yeah. seasons, 1,000-plus seasons out of eight. Uh, last year, um, you know, it, it, was, it was 90 catches, 1,000 yards, six TDs. The kid that's really come on for him and looks good this summer is Nico Collins out of Michigan, who's really kind of a big physical kind of Michael Pittman type of guy you know he's you know he's 50-50 ball guy slant guy you know and then they got slots like more the tight ends uh Jordan uh Farrell Brown and now they just got OJ Howard this week yeah. uh so you know there's a skill level there I mean I think that uh you know defensively they were awful but you know I see them getting better uh, I like Gruget Hill. At, he's a tackling machine. Him and Kirksey right. are very good linebackers. Um, and again, I think the secondary is going to be a lot better. And that was really the soft point. They were, you know, they just gave up big play after big play. I mean, you run a run, it would break. You know, we hit big passes in the first game on them. But, you know, they've improved it by three spots. And those linebackers can go. And, you know, I always say about Lovey Smith, the one thing that you're going to get, they're going to be relatively simple, although he's ever-evolving, but they're going to play with a lot of vision. 
they're going to get turnovers. I mean, they, despite their 32 ranking, there was a lot of they, they were much much near right at the top right. turnovers. And so, you know, they're going to get those things, and they're going to play really hard. I mean, when you watch them play this summer, I mean, they were playing 100, 100 miles an hour. So, again, it we have to go there, and we have to expect a 60-minute dogfight. We have to throw out what happened last year, and all the players are going to hear all week about that 62-3. to And it, like I said, it doesn't really mean anything. This is a different Houston, like most NFL teams, Year by year, they're really usually they change a great deal. And they have, certainly on defense, especially in the secondary. So let's talk about the Colts' defensive blueprint when the Texans are on offense. Uh, Houston there put up just 16 points per game last season. That was second to last in the NFL. But now former Colts offensive coordinator Pep Hamilton is in charge of the offense. They were dead last in the NFL in rushing, but now they have rookie Damian Pierce, as you said, uh, he's their primary running back. They drafted him in the fourth round out of Florida. They waive Marlon Mack, so he takes over the main responsibilities there in the backfield. They're getting some offensive linemen back in the fold this year, mainly Laramie Tunsil. Titus Howard is going to play right tackle. On the outside, they rely heavily on Cooks, as you said, went over 1,000 yards for the sixth straight season. He had over 70 more targets than anybody else on that offense last year. And then at quarterback, it's year two for Davis Mills, and uh, you chronicle the last five games of the season last year for him. Really good, really efficient, over 100 passer rating in that time. But he did not fare well against the Colts last year. He threw three picks against Indianapolis, was sacked six times by the Colts in two head-to-head battles there. So what are the defensive musts for the Colts to win this game against the Texans on offense this weekend? Yeah, well, I'm going to say the very first thing that we have to do is we really have to control the line of scrimmage. Our defensive line has to basically create a new line of scrimmage by being up in their backfield. One thing that Pierce really does, and I've watched every snap of his summer play, is he is a ripper, Matt. I mean, he will take that ball downhill right now. I mean, he he is really a B-gap or a you know, C-gap to C-gap runner, cut it back, rip it, and they would love nothing better than to try to win that first down, take pressure off Mills, make the play-action game go what they like, and if they can do that running and, you know, you know, even out the time of possession, that's going to be a solution. And, you know, Burkhead is pretty good, too. Burkhead plays on third down for him. He's the guy that comes in on third down and is the pass receiver, pass blocker. But both of those guys, I mean, both of them, they run possessed, trust me. And so you're, you, don't, you don't want to arm tackle them. Now you want to be able to control that line of scrimmage and, and again, control first down. You know, don't let them control clock and don't let them take pressure off Mills. I think number two, uh, and I think that they've expanded their receiving core. Uh, I think Collins is really coming, and they made a great effort to isolate him and get him throws, and I think he's solid, but I think he's a guy you can play. I think you can bump and run him. you got to play him on the 50-50 ball. you got to jam him and smother him. I think Moore's a solid slot. But at the end of the day, my second must is at crunch time they're going to go to they're they're going to go to Cooks. I mean they're they're going to try to get the ball to Cooks. There's no question about it. He did catch nine in that first game against us. The second game he did nothing, 
But he is a very, very solid guy. Watch him in a Jacksonville game in December. And so I think that you you definitely, when it matters, he's going to be there. And I think that you have to have a plan in crunch time for Cooks because they'll move him around. Where he ever, wherever he lines up, it's going to be significant. And Pep loves that, what I call three-by-one sets. And, you know, sometimes he's at X, the weak side. Sometimes he's at, you know, in the middle of that trips. But have a really good idea and always have a plan for crunch time for, for, for Crooks. No question about that. Now, I think number three, you want to set the edge on Mills early because they're going to come out and they're going to try to boot us to death. I mean, there's there's vulnerabilities last year on tape. There's vulnerabilities this summer in our preseason games. I mean, they see it. It's obvious. Everybody in the league sees it. And so I think right off the bat, we want to set the edge on him, even if we bring a little perimeter pressure with our nickel, you know, with our Sam backer, sometimes five early in the game to both stop the run and stop the perimeter pass. I think you want to discourage it. It's not that you always get outside of a bootleg pass, but you want to be, you want to be disciplined away from the run and be able to skim back up and at least get into quarterback's hips so his shoulders are turned to the they're turned to the sidelines and he doesn't have that open feeling and that open feeling of space and and I think that's important and then I think as the game goes on set the edge on Mills and where you want to rush him is inside you know I think I think they have vulnerabilities uh you know I, I you know basically at left guard it's it's either going to be McCray or the rookie Green, and both of those are going to struggle. One from inexperience, and one just from a talent standpoint. I think Britt is really average at center, and I think that Can is a much better run blocker at right guard than he is pass protector. Now I like Howard at right tackle, and I like Tunsil at left tackle. It's not that you're going to give up on them, but that's their strength. When you really want to get after them, set the edge and run movement stuff, be it blitzes or line stunts, and get after that inside three and, uh, and, force, you know, and, and, and force him to have problems. And then number four, you know, along with this, I think the final part of this, like we did a year ago, play sticky coverage, pressure him, close the windows tight. Don't give him open windows, and I believe he will force it. I've seen him do... A lot of really good things. The way I describe Mills is he's good at everything, but he isn't great at anything. And so I think if you can affect him, you can affect him. You get tight coverage in there. Um, I think that he will turn it over. We saw that last year. And a couple of them were just bad decisions. So, you know, now he was a rookie, so you're going to have to be better at it. But, again, you want to win first down. You want to get him in those half-two situations where we can rush him and then we need to take it away, which obviously continues to be our specialty. Rick Venturi right there. This is Inside Football with the Blueprints. Let's switch over to the offensive blueprint for the Colts and examine the Texans on defense. Last year, Houston gave up nearly 27 a game. They were second to last in rushing yards allowed and and also in total yards allowed. They only held three opponents to under 100 yards rushing all season Jonathan Taylor ran for a combined 288 in two matchups against the Texans. Despite the bad numbers, they've got playmakers on that side of the ball. 
uh, featuring two really good linebackers, Camus Grugier-Hill, Christian Kirksey. Both those guys had over 90 tackles last season. They drafted two members of the secondary, Jalen Petrie in the second round, Derek Stingley at corner. Uh, he's the third overall pick out of LSU. And then up front, Jonathan Grenard. He's an up-and-coming pass rusher, eight sacks last season. And then the former Colts and the uh, former Buffalo Bill is there, Jerry Hughes, a Houston native. But this is a unit that's still overseen by Lovey Smith. He doubles as the head coach and the defensive coordinator, Rick. So what are your musts for the Colts' offense to take advantage of the Texans on defense going into game one? Yeah, and I think you have to kind of study Lovey where he was when we played him in game one and where they ended up in game 17 and where they are this summer. I've seen an evolution there. Uh, in coverage, when we played them early, particularly in the, fa- in the first game, uh, between scheme and lack of talent, they were just an accident waiting to happen. If you remember, we got big play after big play, whether it was the, you know, the the big play down the middle to Campbell. Uh, we got big passes on them. We got huge runs to Taylor. Yeah. Their perimeter tackling was awful. Uh, they were over simple. You knew exactly what they were in all the time. So. But as the season went on, I saw him do things that he hasn't done before, and I think it's made them better along with their acquisitions that we talked about, their player, and that you just talked about, player acquisitions. But, you know, they're playing a little bit more pressure on first down, usually a single high type of thing. But what they've changed a little bit is their Tampa, too, which Lovey was there in the glory days of Tampa, so he knows that defense as well as anyone but they have matched it a lot more. They play it a lot tighter now. It's not they don't give you those open uncover zones like they did at one time. And then the other thing that he's really involved to, and this is totally different for him, playing a lot more quarters mat for cross and a lot of underneath hard matchup where they really hard match receivers coming in. And I think from that standpoint schematically it, you you have to work harder now you're not going to get the gimmies and the in the uncovered guys like you used to and you mentioned the acquisitions just starting in the secondary i mean as i said before nelson is a very solid corner stingley was a lottery pick um petrie is just an outstanding he's looked outstanding he he looks like cross on our team i mean they look like two of the best young safeties to come up in years and they're going to be dueling one another in this opening game. And then, you know, picking up some edge guys, uh, you know, bringing in a veteran I think helps them like Hughes. And so, I mean, they're, they're going to be a lot better. And as, as I said, with, with Lovey Smith, you're, you're going to have a team that is sound, and they're going to play with vision and great effort, and you see that this summer. And I think maybe his influence at head coach is even more. And they will get turnovers. They they do get turnovers. They're like, we've been around here, play a lot of vision zone, and when you play a lot of vision zone, you tend to get them. But from a must standpoint, <clears throat> I would say, number one, we have to do exactly what we can't let them do on first down. We have to pound their front four. I think their front four is more athletic, and even all those rush guys on the edge, they're much more rush guys and athletic guys than they are physical, you know, big stub type players. I mean, I think you can you can get after them. I, I think you want to run. They're, they're almost in a 4-3 all the time over. You want to run in that weak side bubble and pound it and pound it and pound it. 
but expect them to move. Now, what they do a lot, like Eberfluss did here, a lot of jamming with the linemen, a lot of what we call pirates bringing the ends and tackles down. They'll try to shut off the inside run. So you've got to be able to take what is designed as an inside run, and you have to be ready to bounce it. But I think it's really important you anticipate that movement, but you have to dominate first down, and you have to establish the run. And basically, you said it too, that, you, you know, Grugier Hill and Kirksey are really good stack linebackers. I mean, they go to the ball. So you got to get that second-level block. That's Petrie, <laughs> that's Grugier Hill, and that's Kirksey. Those are three good players. But again, you got to win first down on both sides of the ball. Number two, okay, I think you have to attack their deep perimeter four. And the way you do that is with play action, and this is where I think Matt Ryan has to come into the picture now because they're going to commit. They're going to commit seven or eight to the run, and they go hard. I mean, Lovey has them going hard. So if you give them a hard run fake, you're going you're gonna to suck up seven guys. And we did this last year a lot. Now, they're better in the secondary, but they're going to be naked. And what you're going to do, you want to work downfield deep on the over routes, on the crossing routes, deep field routes on the corners. I, I, Stingley's a rookie. I'm still going after him. But they, what happens is there becomes big separation between their front because of the run suck, and then those guys are kind of isolated, big areas, layers of the field in that second level. And so I think, you know, you can get the big plays because they're going to fly to the ball. Now, number three, and if you, if you do number one and number two, you won't have to worry so much about three. The more that you control first and second down and keep them out of rushdowns, where their strength is now is on the edges. I mean, these guys can rush the passer. You, you know, as you said, Greenert, he was their leading guy with, with eight sacks last year. Uh, Jerry has 58 career. Addison has 67. And the young kid, Rashad Green, can go. So, again, number three is if you get behind an account, you got to protect the edges because they have good guys. And then, you know, uh, Desmond King is a very, very good nickel. He's not a good outside corner, but he's a good nickel. And they'll bring him off the strong side and then they'll bring Petrie off the weak side. So, again, protection, I've been talking about that all summer, both on the edges and on the blitzes. We have to be absolutely flawless on that stuff. And how do you help yourself? By running in play action and staying out of that third and long. And I think at the end, you know, the way you beat these guys, I think you have to create big plays, explosive passes, like I said before, and runs will break their back. And I don't think they're a good perimeter tackling team if you get guys out in space, ball in hand, a Pittman, a Hines, uh, obviously JT. If you get guys in their perimeter, I've never felt like they tackle. They didn't. They're a little bit better now, but I still don't think they tackle well. And then at the end of the day, ball security. Hang on to the football. Treasure that football. The only way their defensive survives in the long run is with turnovers. So hang on to that stuff and, and, and hang on to that football and win the game. Those are the blueprints right there. Rick Venturi on inside football, offense and defense, the must-dos for the Colts. 
Rick, to close out, we all know about the week one streak and the rough go that it's been for the <laughs> yeah. Colts in this franchise in the month of September. We don't need to get into that. There's still plenty of time the rest of this week for that, that uh, storyline to continue to bubble. But uh, this is a Texan team that, at the end of the day, only won four games last year. But that fan base, you're going to see it on Sunday if you've never been to NRG Stadium. That fan base loves to hate the Colts. And they're going to bring the noise in game one. They're going to be out there. It's a new year, a fresh start. They're going to be out there supporting an improved team. As you said, if you think the Colts are just going to show up and win this game, it could be a major letdown just like last year in Jacksonville to close out the season. The Colts are absolutely going to have to earn this one. We said that about the same game in, in Jacksonville last year. I know the point spread is what it is, but this is going to be a very difficult first test of the season for the Colts on Sunday. You're you're preaching to the choir here, you know, and my coaching, like I said, my coaching demons will never go away, but I've done a, you know, a lot of study, as you would expect. Uh, I think they've looked doggone good uh, in the preseason, and again, this is, this is the time for performance. I, I think, as you said, you have to go to Houston, and you have to expect a fired-up, improved ball club. They've had nothing taken away from them yet. There's no demoralized state here like we got them late in the season. And I think you have to mentally prepare to a 60-minute dogfight. Don't go in there thinking you're going to put them away and get through this. Singular, razor-like focus. And again, this is not another game. This is the game. I think Frank and this organization has done a good job of trying to change you know, what they did in training camp, how we practice, the intensity, the timing. We've gone out and we've made acquisitions in our weakness. Right. But now it's time to execute and out-physical this team. I think, like I said, this entire organization has worked to make this team better and to prepare them for this moment at hand. But do not, do not expect anything in Houston. As you said, I will just repeat this, you have to earn it. Now is the time that you erase the curse of September and let these real games begin. Indeed. Yes, sir. That's Rick Venturi inside football, man. You're in mid-season form. I'm telling you. <laughs> how many hours <laughs> you what... got how many hours you got under under your belt on on Houston there? Oh, I don't know cuz as you know, I start in the off season and I I break down our first four opponents extensively from last year and then of course i i take away the you know the the preseason games right so i don't know it's it's <laughs> something that i love it's something that i love doing doesn't i never matter. measure the hours because i i really really like it and yep. you know what i try to do what i try to do in these podcasts is give the you know give the fans a coach's view as if you were an offensive coordinator as a defensive coordinator and how you really really break down a team and look at it Yep. Well, it's fantastic breakdown and uh, so excited for it. That's week one. We're going to do this every week from here on out with the blueprints. Next week, of course, it'll be Jacksonville. Rick, as always, thanks for the time and the insight, my man. Have a great rest of the week. Pour over that tape some more, and we'll see you on the Big Bird to Houston for game one. Can't wait to be in that booth with you, Matt. Really, yeah, really likewise. Yep, it's going to be awesome. Rick Venturi's back. Lara Overton is back for the regular season, getting the band back together for year number three with that lineup. And for the latest on the Colts, you're in the right spot. Stay here, Colts.com, the mobile app, and subscribe to everything 
on the Colts Audio Network all year long for podcasts, interviews, and radio shows. For Rick Venturi, I'm Matt Taylor. We'll be back next week breaking down the Jaguars in game number two. Until then, thanks for listening to Inside Football here on the Colts Audio Network.